Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life. Today, I'm here with Denitra, who has experienced many different roles in the military family. So welcome. How are you? Oh, Gracie, I'm doing really good. Um, I am very excited to be here and chat with you today about just different aspects and point point of views, (laughs) um, being a part or connected to uh, the military Um, So I'm just happy to be here today. Yay. So kind of start by just giving me an overview of how you are connected to the military life in so many different ways. Yes. um, So I grew up a military child. My dad was in the Air Force for, I think, 28 years, (laughs) Um, a very long time. Um, And then as I progressed in life... um, I married into the army. My brother and my sister are both in the military. Uh, My sister was in the army for a while and my brother retired, gosh, I think two years ago from the Air Force. Um, I married into the army. I have three daughters that are now our military children. They're a little older now, but um, it was very interesting, you know, being a military child and the way I was parented. And then changing that role into being the parent of military children yeah, um, and dealing with the very uh, different ups and downs of it. And um, then I also have had the privilege of working as a teacher uh, with military children. I live in um, here in Texas and Fort Hood is one of the largest uh, military installations. And so I taught a lot of different students that just came through, you know, you're there for maybe two years and then you leave and you go to to the next post or whatever. So um, it's just, you know, so many different uh, ways to look at it. And I see myself in uh, experiences and feelings that I felt through in my children and also in a lot of these students that I teach elementary. Um, So a lot of the students that dealt with a lot of different emotions and my dad is here and then tomorrow he's gone and he won't be back and my mom is gone, you know, things like that. So yeah, it's been very, it's very unique. I have to say it's very unique um, to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you never know, you know, what's going to happen, what's going on. You don't, like you said, one day, you know, mom or dad is here, the next they're gone and you don't know when they're coming back. And, you know, it's special because you can relate to them on that level of being like, I was in your shoes one day. Right. And I think that is what really helped me to connect with a lot of my students. So I've taught like grades, um, second grade through fifth grade, and I could connect with them because I knew how it felt like when my dad left. Um, I remember back, uh, gosh, I think it was around in the Hmm, 1990, 1992. I'm kind of aging myself, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I 
I decided to um, the Gulf War. My dad got deployed. And, you know, what we see on the TV and we hear is horrible. And then, you know, that's where your parent is going. And, you know, is he coming back? Like, you know, because we know that it is a danger zone. And the spouse that is left uh, to maintain the home while the soldier is gone is under an immense amount of stress and emotional um, roller coaster as well. And then they're trying to keep everything like everything's fine. You know, everything's fine here at home for the children. But the children can read that like they know. And um, I made it a point for myself when I became a parent and um, my ex-husband would leave, you know, he would go and he would be gone sometimes for like a year, a year and a half. Like there was R&R, of course, but right. um, I tried to like really keep the lines of communication open. Like if they needed to talk, like whatever was going on, they needed to talk or they had a meltdown or breakdown, like everything in the house stopped. It did not matter. <laughs> it was like yeah. it stopped. Um, and we would just talk about whatever was going on. And I didn't always have the answers or the right words to say, but I would just say, it's okay. It's okay to cry or it's okay to feel this way. And we're going to work through it. Um, because where uh, he would be deployed, sometimes we didn't talk to him for, you know, a week or a couple of weeks, you know, it just depend on where he was. So um, I would talk to my students and, you know, uh, the parent would usually come and be like, hey, the dad or the mom is going to be deploying next week. You might see a change in behavior. And so I knew exactly how to help support that because um, I was doing it at home. And then I yeah. also had experienced those feelings as a as a child myself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because you just don't I mean, you don't know. And especially with children going through elementary school, I think middle school, you can kind of Middle school is also hard because you're still learning your emotions and you're still trying to learn to cope with that. But elementary school, you're just so confused and so overwhelmed by these emotions that you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, my parents gone, but like, I'm really sad about that. But like, I'm really happy to be here with my friends. And, you know, there's just so many different things going on that it's hard to process at that age. Right. And they don't understand. I don't want to speak for every child, but right. like a lot of the times they don't know what is going on and they don't know what that feeling is. And um, that's one thing um, of people asking, you know, like what, like military children are very, very resilient. Like they have to adapt, like at the drop of a dime and change is hard. Right. Yeah. Like I'm like, even like adults, like we don't really like change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I know, I know for being an educator that students or children um, need structure. So when, you know, those, the thing that routines are changed, they don't really know how to process that. And then sometimes you see those behaviors, you know, like they start acting out or they shut down or they're not, um, you know, producing like they were before, like their grades drop and things like that. And so I always, when I would conference with parents, you'd be like, please try to keep in mind, you know, that you remember dad left, he's, he's been deployed and yeah, uh, we need to just have more conversations with, with kids, you know, um, 
because they don't know how to to process those not at that age you know how to process those those feelings besides act out yeah and that's you know that's the only way they know like you think back to when they're an infant like they need something they cry <laughs> like that's so they're still kind of going through those phases and that process of saying okay like this is what I'm feeling. This is what I need. This is how I can best communicate that. And nobody's perfect at that. Like I'm turning 21 and I'm still like, you know, I still experience that. So, you know, it's just a thing that we all go through in life and we all have to, we all process our emotions differently. My first thing, you know, again, still in my twenties is to cry. So, (laughs) you know, and and that's okay. okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. Everyone processes differently. Because my process is writing. Yeah. I write my feelings. I'm not a big talker or sharer of my feelings. So even as I wrote my first book, I was very, very, very nervous. I'm not sure if that ever really goes away, but I was very nervous because those are my feelings on paper and somebody is going to read them. And they might like it, they may not like it, but those are my those are my feelings. And so you have to be um vulnerable. You know, yeah. um the first book that I wrote, Little Soldier, is exactly it's about exactly what we're talking about. Um the main character, Seth, he his dad gets deployed and um it happens in the middle of the night because that's what I remember. I remember when my girls were small, like my ex-husband would leave, like he'd have, we'd have to go drop him off on posts and it's like four in the morning, you know, and we're yeah. waking up the kid. Let's go and take, you know, take dad on post. He's getting ready to leave. And so that, you know, it's like the whole journey, like dad is leaving. And then um, mom is saying in the book, it's like, mom is saying everything is fine, but she's crying. Um, then there's like a moment in their book where he can't process. He's, he blows up and just has like a temper, temper tantrum because he feels like he needs to protect his mom, you know, because mom says it's okay, but she's crying. So it can't be okay. And dad's not here. So I'm gonna try to protect my mom. But those are a lot of heavy emotions for a child to experience, um, and try to deal with, you know, my oldest daughter, Trinity, she, even still to this day, she's 22 now. Feels <laughs> like she needs to be my protector, and I'm like, you just be well. You know, when she was younger, I was like, you just be a child. I just yeah. need you to be a child. I'll be okay. Uh, you know, we got this. We're doing it together. But she would try to tell her sisters, like, didn't mom tell you to clean the room? Like, no, <laughs> I can be mom. <laughs> Well, and it's so hard because, you know, one parent leaves, like I can speak from an oldest child, you know, kind of position, but, you know, Mm -hmm. the parent leaves and, you know, every single child in the house, you know, no matter the age, like has to fill a role greater than, Mm -hmm. you know, what they actually are. And, you know, that goes to show how much military children mature at a quicker rate than the average child does. Right. And then their the impact is different for every child. Like they internalize that differently. So having three girls, girls at that. Yes. <laughs> you, know, <I'm> like, they, <laughs> you know, I'm like, 
one of them, like Trinity, like I was saying, she she wanted to like take on the the adult role. And how can I help mom? Because I'm the oldest and I got to help. Um, and then my middle daughter, she's very reserved. Victoria is very um, shy and um, very emotional. So she cried a lot. And yeah. um I, I, like I said, I expressed like through writing. And so I was like, I don't know what to do with all these tears. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And then like, um, my youngest daughter, Paris, she just kind of like withdrew, like, um, her dad started being deployed. Like she was like one. Wow. And so those, you know, those first bonding years, she didn't, she struggled with like, well, he's always been gone, you know, kind of deal. And I'm like, but you know, <laughs> you're still your father. You still have to listen. You still have to be obedient and things of that nature. Yeah. So she had a hard time like connecting when he would come back because she always just knew him to be here for a while and then leave and then be back. And then, you know, it was like her, yeah. that was a norm for her where um, Victoria and Trinity, you know, they, they were used to him being around and then gone, do you know? Right. So, um, even I remember sometimes in the classroom with some of my students, they would, um, be like shining stars, you know, and then a deployment would happen. And it wasn't even always just like parents. Sometimes it was, um, like grandparents because I, I did have like some young, younger parents, you know, and sometimes it was like grandparents that were, were leaving and because they were so close with their grandparent, like it affected, it affected them in the classroom a lot. And, um, I remember one of my students had, uh, you know, those little bears that have like the little fatigue outfit on yes. it on there where they are a little spot where there can be a picture of the soldier. Yeah. Like I would have, I bought a couple of those and just had them in my room. And Aww. if they felt like there was no picture, cause you know, it just depended on the child, but right. I always just like allowed them if they needed that little like comfort, they could go get it or bring something from home that helped them to be, to feel comfort. I would allow that to happen in the classroom too, but it's just, you just, it's just very different for every child, you know? It is. You said, um, that you, I mean, obviously you're an author, you do a lot of writing, (laughs) (laughs) but your main coping is writing and like, you know, speaking from that vulnerable aspect and things like that, do you, does writing for you track back to you being a military child? Did you do a lot of writing throughout those days? Um, honestly, when I was a child, no, I didn't do a lot of writing. Um, I was very shy when I was in school and uh, the environment that I grew up in, it was just like, you don't talk about it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't as common as it is now, you right. know, like talk about your feelings, you know, what's going on at home stays at home, you know? Yeah. Um, so I didn't. And, but when I became a military spouse, that's really when I started to get into writing because moving a lot and I was still very shy. So it was like, uh, moving a lot. I didn't have friends, you know, I would go to Missouri and I didn't know anybody in Missouri and I have three little kids. So yeah, it's a lot. It was a lot. And um, I, I just started journaling and writing out my emotions, but I do keep my journals. And so I will go back 
like what is today? Today is what is today? February or March eighteenth, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. And so uh, I was like February. Nope, don't take it back. <laughs> I know February's um, gone somehow. Yes. <laughs> so I would I'll go back a number of years and see what I was feeling or what I wrote on March eighteenth or close to it because yeah. you know I I don't write every day, but I write yeah. a lot. But you know, like I, <laughs> I will go back and look. Um, Sometimes even just to remind myself of how far I've come or how I have processed, uh, I might find myself in like a similar um, situation or having similar emotions back four years ago and um, how I coped with it then. How could I cope? You know, oh, yeah, you did do this. So maybe try that and you'll feel better, you know, or something like that. I think that it's it's really reflective and eye opening. So um journaling just it just helps me in so many so many different ways um for motivation for reminder yeah. um even ideas for for books like I go back and I look and I'm like gosh yeah I remember when Trinity experienced that or when Trinity uh was feeling this way or Victoria you know and I'm like oh, I'm gonna make sure I put that in my book or like in Little Soldier yeah. for example um there is a, a part in there where um, the mom and Seth, the son, are uh, watching a movie and having popcorn. That was like one of the biggest things that we would do. Every Friday night, we would have a dance party. <laughs> have a dance party. And we would watch movies and eat popcorn. So I like incorporated some of those things into the book as well, because that's what helped to just like, you know, make you feel, you know, how movies and things like that just make you feel together um, as yeah. a family and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no, I love that. And, you know, even going back and, you know, because you remind yourself of things, you forget that things happen. And, you know, I love journaling too. you know, I yeah. it's so hard because I always put so much pressure on it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to stay consistent. You have to journal every day at the same time and like all this stuff. And then you'd miss a day. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, like, you know, like I'd I'd force myself to backtrack to that day, write down that day before I could even start on the next, like the current day. Uh And so, you know, putting so much pressure on that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I would like just get out of it then because it would feel more like a chore and task than you know, something that's, you know, calming. Yes, therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but it's so special to like go back because you forget that things happen. You know, everything, Mm -hmm. like we just said, like it's already March. Like, let's be real. (laughs) 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 Let's be real. You forget Mm -hmm. that things happen and, you know, time just keeps moving and you don't, you can't stop that. So, you know. Just even like the small little memories, like you were saying, of movie nights and popcorn and dance parties, like, mm-hmm. you know, those are things that, you know, you can incorporate into your books and say, hey, like, this yeah. is just something that like we did. Right. You know? And maybe it gives inspiration to another military family to say, mm-hmm. you know, maybe right. this is our next tradition that we start. Right. And um, that is, you know, kind of my hope in the books that I write, because um, I've written two. The first one is uh, Countdown to Daddy. And the second one that was just released this year is, um, I'm sorry. 
backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Little Soldier was first and Countdown to Daddy was released this year. And um, really what I want to do is through these, through my books, I want people or civilians, even um, military families to see that they're not alone. Sometimes we feel alone and, but from a child's point of view, yeah. do you know what I mean? Because um, I think as the spouse and even the soldier, like we're just trying to maintain, maintain home. And sometimes we don't stop to think about like, well, how is Denitra feeling about everything that's going on or moving from a household that has two adults to one, that's a lot for the spouse to handle, you know? And so yeah. I check in, Hey, do you know, Denitra, how you doing? I'm, I'm good. Okay. But I got to make sure all the bills are paid and I got to go to work and I got to make lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Life doesn't stop. Right. And it's sometimes it's hard to purposefully stop and take that moment to spend with your child as in having that conversation of like, I know mom or dad has been gone for about a month. How are you feeling? You know, are you doing okay? Do you want to write, you know, like things of that nature, not on purpose. I don't think any parent does that on purpose. It's just that there's, they're juggling so many things my my daughters are what we call what stair steppers. So there's like a two year and then a one year gap. <laughs> and yeah. so I was like, I had a baby on the hip, one in the stroller and one in the carrot, you know, yeah. like, and to, you know, I was just trying to just make, try to keep normalcy in the home. And um, I had to learn like, okay, I was a young mom, you know, I was 21, 20, 21, 22 when I had Trinity and married. Yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and so I was trying to figure it out and I had to think back, like we were talking about, think back. What was one of the things you wish your parents would have done when you were in this position? And it was talk to me. Yeah. You know, what I mean? it was talk to me and I didn't know it at the time, but, uh, you know, I, I, as I reflect back, that's what it was. And so, um, when I first started to think about even writing Little Soldier, I was like, I am Little Soldier. My girls are Little Soldier. My students are Little Soldier. Why am I not writing about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, and you're able to relate to so many, you know, yeah. all of these kids, your students, your actual kids on so many different levels right. because you've experienced it and you see it. Right. And I, I, um, incorporated my, my students input input in little soldier. Yeah. I, I read it to them. I was like, Hey guys, I'm thinking about doing this thing. And this is, can I read it to you? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Miss more. We want to hear it. Yeah. And so I read it to them and they were like, I know. Cause when my mom left, I mean, so many rich conversations just from that. And that, that was confirmation to me that this needs to be done. Yeah. Like, I, I have a hard time, or back then anyway, I had a hard time finding books that were about um, military life. Oh, you know? yeah. I <laughs> My dad, um, he deployed when I was nine. Mm -hmm. So we're talking like 11 years ago, 12 years ago now. Yeah. And even then, like no books. Like mm -hmm. there's like 
you know, my dad, he was unfortunately injured in Afghanistan. And so, you know, after the injury happened, like my music teacher, who was also a military spouse, Mm -hmm. um, she gave us books. And it was like one of the first times we held books, my sister and I, that were for military kids, like, you know, explaining the process. But even then, it wasn't necessarily like... I mean, I'd have to go back and look at the books, but I remember like one of them being like military ABCs, like, you Mm. know, they're Mm -hmm. not necessarily, you know, saying, you know, this is a situation that you might be in. This is how you might be feeling, you know, and relating that. And so I've seen, especially with starting the podcast and going into this community of people um, and connecting, you know, there's books out there and there's incredible you know authors out there making books specifically for military kids and you know not even just military kids but like also you said civilian kids you know Mm -hmm. giving them a glimpse into our life as military kids and what we go through right because I was um like I was saying I was like I was really shy so I didn't make friends easy and so then when we would leave we would move somewhere else. I didn't know how to make friends. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, well, how long are we even going to be friends? Because I'm going to move again. You know what I mean? And so I had a hard time. And um, Gracie, really, to be honest, like for even as an adult, I had a hard time making friends when we would move somewhere new because I still had those same behaviors and securities of just like, just do what you're supposed to do. Stick to yourself, take care of your kids. It's going to be fine, but we need the connection. We need to have those conversations with, um, it doesn't even necessarily have to be other military spouses, but it helps if it is. <laughs> but, right. Uh, <laughs> someone they know else, what you're going through. Know what they can <laughs> relate, right. Um, but just being able to talk to somebody about what's what's going on because it's a it's a lot. There's there's good things. I'm not, you know, I'm like, there's good things right. and there's heavy things, but we need to be able to talk about all of all of them. You yeah. Know? So um I yeah, I had a hard time like making friends other places because I'm just not like the type of person that's like, hey, how are you? I'm your new neighbor. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I just wasn't, I wasn't like that. Um, Mostly just because I knew we would leave and that I would make this connection and then it would, it would break because as a child, you know, we didn't have the internet and we didn't have um, social media or phones. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, when I was 10, I didn't have a cell phone yeah exactly (laughs) so I couldn't just call like we had to write letters yeah and at 10 I'm not writing letters you know what I mean at 10 I wasn't right and then sometimes you have to hope it even gets there you know it could get lost in the mail and then or somebody moves and doesn't tell you their new address like right you know and they because you didn't know it right like because yeah I just know that I'm moving from Colorado to Florida. That's all I know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My gosh. It's so, you know, even like back to when I was 10, like we didn't really have fun. Social media was just, you know, Instagram came out in like 2012. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I was 10. So a 10 year old was not going to be on Instagram. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) um, But even then, like, 
going back and, you know, eight years later, reconnecting with these people, like six years later, reconnecting with my friends that, you know, and it's weird because you have to kind of, you know, I'm a little shy too sometimes, but you have to kind of like break out of that bubble and say, you know, we were best friends. We used to talk every day, like, Mm -hmm. you know, in sending that initial message and being like, Hey, you know, I'm Gracie. Like, Nice to kind of meet you again. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I want to meet you again. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. But you're so right. Um, Even like when um, a new student would come, because there was like periods in the year where it was like you just knew students were leaving and students were coming because that was like the the cycle. Yes. (laughs) It's like the deployment. Mostly around Christmas time (laughs) is a huge PCS and end of the year. Yes. We would come back from like a Christmas or winter break and you'd get this, you know, new students like at your door. And I always was like, so where are you guys coming from? Like I knew um, um, just because the community, it's just a military community. So we knew that they were coming probably. And we have to think about, okay, so what were they learning in Georgia? Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. And in Texas, it's way different in Texas. Oh, you know, yes. So like, okay, so we need to do that. But I am huge, even in even in the role that I I work in now, like I support uh, teachers now. Um, but I am really, really big about building relationships. And I think that not only because that's a good thing to do, but because it feeds my heart because I had such a hard time making relationships as a kid. Yeah. And so now that's like my very first thing, like even like with, with my, with my students, with teachers, you know, I'm like, so what are you into? You know, like I try, <laughs> I'm very much now more outgoing than I was when I was your age or yeah. younger. Um, but now I'm like, I know how important that is. And, um, because there's such an influx of students coming and leaving that I don't get that uh, fulfillment of watching them go through elementary school to middle school to high school, you know, because yeah. they leave, they go to another or state or country sometimes. And um, I want to make the most of that little bit of time that I may have with them. They might only be there for two years, but they will come, they would come back to my classroom, you know, like they were third grade and then they would go to fourth grade and come back on meet the teacher night and be like, Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just loved that. Um, because I felt like I, you know, I, I made some kind of impact on their life if they came back to see me when I wasn't their teacher anymore. And by time, usually by fifth grade, they were gone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because it was about a two-year cycle. Right. <laughs> yeah. Again. Um, and so now that I'm, uh, d- like, disconnected from the military as far as a dependent, um, I do that with teachers. I do that with teachers, and I try to build relationships with them first, and then we can get into whatever I need to support them with. But um, that is one thing that I am grateful for, the experiences that I've had with uh, teaching, um, military children is because that's where I get that. Like, I want to build relationship with you or make connections with you because I know it's hard as a military child to do that. Um, cause I was real shy and I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. I always, um, so I had 
I've moved twice within, you know, my dad being in the military because he had to do an early retirement. Um, but I, you know, moving from Ohio to Texas, one, like you said, you know, curriculum is so different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, making new friends, like I had never changed schools before. I was nine years old and this was my first change of school. And okay. so it's like, I don't know how to make friends like the I, I was in the same classes with all my friends from kindergarten up until fourth grade, right. you know, mm-hmm. and so I was so thankful, you know, walking into my first day of school in Texas at Fort Sam and having, you know, a they pair you with a buddy, basically, right. and say, hey, you know, this student is in the same class you're going to be in, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, she can help you along the way and, you know, kind of show you around the school, be your first best friend, you know? And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I was so thankful to have her in fourth grade when I changed schools, because again, that was in the middle of the year. So like, you know, that's another challenge in itself. But then I was fortunate enough to be that person for someone else in sixth grade, you know, and say, hey, like, welcome to the school. Like, I'm going to show you around. I'm going to introduce you to all my friends. Like, you know, it's just so special to start making those connections. It is. It is. And then like already having it set up. So you don't have, if you are shy, you know, or this is all brand new, you know, change is hard. Yeah. It's like having somebody already designated to be your buddy, to help you, you know, um, that's also you're a child, you know, not a yeah. an adult or the counselor or, you know, because sometimes it's like you're going to the counselor. Then it's almost like, is that a bad thing that I'm going to the counselor? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to have a buddy there to kind of show you the ropes and, you know, it's like I've only been here for two years. Like in your case, you were came in fourth grade and you were able to pay it forward in sixth grade to another student, you know, like, I, I totally understand where'd you come from. And sometimes even those connections is like, Oh, what? I can't, I lived there too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so special to, you know, even sometimes those people you don't talk to anymore. Like, you know, a lot of military relationships, whether that be friends, you know, whatever, you know, it's their first season in your life. And then you PCS and you don't talk to that person ever again. But, you know, sometimes you're able to keep those connections and it's even more special saying, hey, remember, you know, when you first showed me around or I first showed you around and, you know, this is how we met, like, you know. Right. That's how we met. Exactly. And, you know, some are very fortunate where they become like lifelong friends, you know, lifelong friends. And, um, can go back and be like, remember in sixth grade when I was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when I was your buddy, I just think that that's awesome. Um, and I think that's also what makes like the military life so unique, you know, because we have to, as children, dependents, spouse, um, we have to adapt to change pretty quickly. Right. And, um, I think about my, where I live now and my two neighbors on the side, like I get a new neighbor every two years, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm just like, wow. Um, I can tell like when a person, one of the soldiers is deploying like that, like, you know, all of the movement and the, and the, 
the uh, moving trucks that come or um, there's one car now instead of two cars, you know, right. Um, I was like, you just have to be, you have to be a very flexible and understanding person um, to be a part of the military community, you know? And I think that we, we need to teach that and model that for our, for our children um, because they don't understand. Um, one of the things I even wrote in little soldier was like, you know, dad's going to be gone for a year. And how does a child calculate a year really probably by major holidays. Right. So, you know, I'm like, so that's a Christmas, like in my, like in the dialogue, I'm like, so that's a Christmas and a birthday. Thanks. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because they don't think kids don't think like that. You know, it's like a year that's super long. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I've been through school and now I'm starting a new grade and my, okay. So they're going to come back in the middle of my fifth grade year when he left when I was fourth grade. That sounds like two years to me. I you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, just teaching them that it's different, it's unique, it builds character, um, and you're going to be stronger for it later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Just, just showing that and keeping the lines of communication open um, more than it was before, because kids kids don't know how to process it. So we got to keep the lines open more. Um, I love things like um, FRG groups and um the different outings that they, they try to get the kids together, you know, to right. do things um, so that they can have someone to connect with that is also going through the same thing. Or if they're um, in the same unit, then, you know, majority of that um, unit has a deployed spouse or partner um, that, so everybody's in the same boat, you know, Yeah, <laughs> and, um, it gives the kids opportunities to get together Um allows the the parents um, or the dependents to kind of lean on each other. And how are you tackling this? How are you doing that? Because um, a lot of the the spouses are young, you know, and they don't, they don't know. They're just living. I'm trying to figure out life and I got married and now my, my soldier's gone. So I'm trying to figure out life like that. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember um, being part of FRG group and we had some, young moms that didn't like know how to balance it at the time. It was a check. <laughs> I was like, they didn't know how to budget, budget period, yeah. whether it's a checkbook or I don't know how much groceries cost. And, um, you know, all of those things, it's like, you know, we just have to come together so that we can talk about it. Cause we can learn, we can learn from each other, even from the kids. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, the last thing I always like to ask is what piece of advice would you give to someone else, whether that be a military child or a military spouse? Um, I would say my piece of advice would be to find a way to um, to connect, uh, find a way to connect. Um, with others around you or stay connected with support systems from where you left. Um, and I, my other piece of advice, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, to be patient because it only lasts for a while and um, it only lasts for a while and things are always going to get better. Um, the military community life is, like I said, very unique, um, but yet so rewarding. Um, so be patient and just stay connected to uh, whatever method that may be for you to stay grounded and absolutely uh, to and to be okay. Cause I think we just have to remember to take care of ourselves and the military community is always taking care of others, you know, but we got to take care of our ourselves too. Um, so finding a way to do that. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Denitra, for being on and sharing so many different incredible aspects of the military life. And um, where can listeners find you and find your books? Oh, sure, sure. So, um, of course, I have social media. I'm working really hard to build up my social media <laughs> community. Um, so I have Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at, at more.books. Um, Twitter is very, it's very similar, but it's at more books to the number two read. Um, what else is there? Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, that'll be uh, more books on Facebook. And then of course my email is more books, number two read at Gmail. You can email me, um, at any time. I love hearing from, um, fellow military people, children, it's it's all great. You can get my uh, order my books through me that way. Um, I did self publish this last one, so I'm working on getting it um, like on Amazon and things of that nature. But you can just contact me, and we can definitely get you the book that way. I am hosting a book giveaway in April. Um, Yay! So I will be doing four giveaways of Countdown to Daddy. Um, Starting on April 1st, I want to do one a week. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook to find out more information about that. Um, I think that's pretty, I think that's all of my my contacts and ways that you can get in, uh, get connected with me or get the book or either one of the books, Little Soldier or um, Countdown to Daddy. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being on. Thank you, Gracie. This has just been so, such a pleasure. You, This is a great conversation. I love <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.